Woo, Blaine and Mickey, it is Tuesday. Happy July 6th to you. Hopefully you had a great weekend, got to have some fun. We got a poll question up right now, Blaine and Mickey on Twitter, which, by the way, if you're not following at Blaine and Mickey on Twitter, why are you not following at Blaine and Mickey on Twitter? So jump on there. You can interact with us anytime. You can tweet us. You can respond to our question. We ask, uh, ask you what, how did your fourth workout? What did you do? Did you go crazy? Was it a little more low-key? Was it a quiet night at home, or did you under the couch with your dog? Uh can get into uh, those numbers later but i found out as i get older more and more there are people who hate the fourth of july they hate the loudness they hate that it drives their dog or cat crazy whatever it is it's more people than what i thought because we all remember being a kid and having that energy that fourth of july energy it's in the summer there's no school you know everybody's home that day you're probably going to eat a bunch of hot dogs or apple pie or strawberry pie whatever it is that you eat you're going to eat too much of it And then that night, you get to stay up later. I mean, there's just so many built-in reasons to like it, but there are people who don't like it. So you can call in. You can let us know if you don't like it. Blaine had a big one. Saw some of his pictures. Mine was more low-key out here in the sticks where I live, but uh, (laughs) Lucas traveled for his. So I'm going to give Lucas an all-out. He actually went somewhere. I'm going to give Blaine an all-out. You left your home and went somewhere. So you guys were a couple of guys who just fully embraced the holiday I went from my yard to the front of my neighborhood and watched some fireworks in the distance that get shot at a park near my house and then my mate made my way back home. Yeah, well, I, I typically, it depends. We usually go out to dinner and, and have a, a good time, family time, and then uh, and then we kind of relax and uh, watch all the fireworks uh, to downtown Franklin from, from afar. So that's typical. But uh, this year, I was trying to get out and about. You know, we've been kind of, in our cages uh, for a while. So, you know, I, I didn't want to break loose all the way and go to downtown. So I went uh, you know, <laughs> to a friend's house that could view downtown. It was a great view. So I was like, yeah, I think we can do that. You know, it was just, you know, like 20 people or so. So we had a really good time with uh, Kim Hughes and her family and Jeff. So thanks for inviting us. So, yeah, man. Uh, so we got out there and got some barbecue and some uh, some free bar service and all of that. Yeah, man, it was, it was great. <laughs> all i had to do was leave a tip man Ooh, that was great. well there you go um um you were part of the people who were waiting for the ones to be shot downtown and kind of questions. and apparently uh, lucas i know you were talking about this earlier it got a little nuts downtown there were some people who had entered a building and were on the roof of the building and then some police went to find the guys and then i guess an inadvertent okay had been given while you're just raining down whatever rains down from the fireworks, the largest firework demonstration, what in the United States, there were people in what they call it, the hot zone or the, the blast zone, it? <laughs> the blast zone. The blast it sounds more zone. dangerous than all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It was like five police officers. I mean, you just described it. Well, they evacuated some trespassers and then the show started before the cops could get out. Wow. Yeah. No wonder we're just sitting there and I'm like, damn, what's going on? Why the delay? Then next you know we're talking and I'm asking 20 minutes later, like, oh, so when we're going to the department? Oh, yeah, they're gonna they like knew everything. I guess they were following somebody on social media. That's how they were finding out. And then next thing you know, it was like what 9 30 or 40 or so. And they had the fireworks. But uh so Nashville is the number the biggest uh July 4th, really? It is, right? Is wasn't it the biggest, Lucas? It was uh, it was uh, it was this week, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Butch Spirit and his crew ain't screwing around. Y'all, hey, man, fill up the downtown with people and blow stuff up, check and check, and they blew it all up. 
Right. Well, you know, and not a lot of, uh, you know, restauranty, drinky bars that uh, you can go to. So it all is a perfect fit. Yeah, block it off and everybody's got to walk around. I saw those pictures of the crowd, too. So how many people were down there? What, 350,000? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, I saw about 400,000 was the reported number I saw. Okay, 400,000 for fireworks. So how could we not have anything here? I mean, I get we can't have the Super Bowl or the NCAA basketball championship because we don't have a football stadium with a dome on it. But how can we not get everything else? 400,000 people came to watch fireworks. And the way the downtown is shaped, where it just, Blaine, it just funnels people down to the river and across to the stadium. I mean, you think about all these years we have the, the and this is such a small example, but we have the SEC basketball tournament here. I know that's not a World Cup or anything like that. But when you ask people, what did you do? Inevitably, they say, we came down here to our hotel. We parked our car. We stayed as long as our team won, which usually, you know, if you're a Kentucky fan, if you get there first and leave last. But everybody comes down and they just, maybe some people go to the Hermitage or they go to downtown Franklin or they go somewhere. Most everybody just parks down there and stays. And they never run out of new places to go to eat or drink. Or they never run out of bands to see or singers to hear. Man, there's just nothing like it. But 400,000 people came to watch them just shoot fireworks and play some music. I mean, this city is on fire, and it shows no sign of letting up. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, it'd be interesting how we're, you know, we're all in, you know, implants here, and we've been here all for a while, uh, but we're still not local, didn't, you know, grow up here. I wonder how the local people feel about all this growth and, and all this, uh, you know, new events and uh, everything else, uh, because it affects them differently than all of us, because we all like it and want us, you know, Nashville to be the best and and always get the opportunity to host a lot of different events. And it's kind of growing into that, which is really cool. But, you know, some people's like, oh, man, it's bringing too much traffic and, you know, all money isn't good money. And, you know, well, it's good for the city because it all goes down to say. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to hear what are some of the people's take, you know, on, you know, having a big events and the growth of you can just see the, you know, the skyline of downtown is totally different than when I got here in 97. Not even close. Yeah. So it's just a totally different uh, vibe. And then a, a lot of people are moving in as we has been documented over and over again. So just uh, give us a call. Tell us how you feel about all the growth and and getting new events and all the excitement about, uh, you know, Nashville across the country. I'm sure there are, and I moved here in 97 originally. I was one of those dummies with a bass guitar, and I thought I was going to be playing it for the rest of my life, which I guess I am, but, it, you know, on tour, not at church. Right. Well, you play right after uh, we get off here every day. So That's yeah, right. I'm going to go pick it up and play it. That's right. <laughs> but Nashville doesn't even look the same. Nah. My daughter had gone down there with a friend, and they just drove. They had to go do something near downtown, and so they drove down Broadway when it was open that day, and then they he came back. performing? No, no, uh, oh, no. I thought you were sure she was performing. I thought, well, I thought she was already all in the mix, man. She's going to get there someday. I, I truly believe that. Um, but I tried telling her, I said, there's a big building down there that was a furniture store. And it was a furniture store on Broadway. You could buy furniture. Then it just closed at night. Later, it became Paradise Park. And the Acme Feed and Seed was an actual feed store. Like, right. you could buy horse feed. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, where I grew up, there were feed stores. Yeah. It, it was it was so completely different 
and not even to mention that my gosh, how many buildings and hotels and the convention center and all that stuff that have been built. And the thing across from the the arena with the where they tore down the old convention center is one of the craziest, coolest things I've ever seen in my life. There were people just hanging out of that thing on a Tuesday night when I had to go down a few weeks ago. So this city, man, I know a lot of you asked the question, and there are a bunch of native Nashvilleans who are like, hey, man, this is not the city that I was born in. It's not the city that I've been in for decades. It's not, I don't like, like all this traffic. It's a lot of it's a lot of traffic. And God help you if you got to go downtown. For the people who work downtown, bless you. I'm sure those people are like, hey, man, I'll just stay home after COVID. I don't want to go down there anymore because it'd be hard to get in and out of a lot of those places down there. It would be hard. I mean, unless you're Coach Mack and he's going to join us next. And Coach Mack goes anywhere he wants and does what he wants. And I'm sure he'll have a great story about his 4th of July because he had told us Coach Mack had some invitations. So we're going to Titans talk, football talk, even a little 4th of July with Coach Mack. By the way, if you want to join the discussion with Coach Mack, he loves to take questions. Tweet us a question at Blaine and Mickey or just call call in and ask him. 615-737-1045. It's Blaine and Mickey on 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, he'll be. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. You hear that music on this radio station. That only means one thing. It is the return of Coach Mac, Dave McGinnis, who joins us fresh off just an unbelievable 4th of July of being Coach Mac and helicoptering around this seat <laughs> to various events. Coach, uh, I, hey, man, you, you lived uh, life to the fullest like you always seem to do. But it sounds like you were even impressed with those fireworks that were shot downtown. And you've been to a place or two in your life. Well, I have. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, it really was. It was just like the draft, except, you know, you know Brad Paisley was on stage instead of Roger Goodell. You know, and then uh, Mickey, you're you're a guitar player. Joe Bonamasso. I mean, I'm sure you're pretty you're you're pretty familiar with that dude. I mean, he he was up there just just ripping that thing up. Anyway, it was quite an event. I Butch Spearden and those people they put on an event. Now I'm just telling you, I went to two separate uh, events on two different rooftops downtown there, and it was very very impressive. A lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. This town knows how to do it for sure. Um, do they ever? Well, and there's another event coming up. We didn't get a chance to ask you about that this uh, last week. The Predators are going to play a game in Nissan Stadium as part of this upcoming season. That's going to be amazing, too. I mean, Nashville just keeps coming up with cool stuff for all of us to go do. I mean, Nashville knows how to do it. And, you know, ever since I've gotten back here, I've been Nashville's guest. I get invited to everything, and it is just, it's fabulous. It really is. That that it was just it was deja vu from the draft down there, just except, you know, they were shooting fireworks instead of drafting players. But the number of people, I mean, it was it was it was pretty cool. Coach Dave McGinnis joins us talking all things Titans and Fourth of July. More you got a question for him, you can jump on the line, 615-737-1045. He is brought to you by he mentioned Randy Wilmore and the great people at Farm Bureau Health Plans. If you need great health care coverage and affordable price, let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They have got you covered. Well, Coach, uh, naturally, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals versus the Phoenix Suns. How happy are you? I know you you kind of have a home there and a special place in your heart being the head coach there. Uh, you know, so uh, how happy or excited some of your friends that live down there in Arizona 
uh, that they uh, made it to the finals. And hopefully they can. I'm cheering for CP3, so I want them to kind of win it. Uh, I think the Greek freak's got a lot more left in the tank, so I want to see CP3 and, and the Suns get one. The Suns, you know, when I was there, of course, Jerry Colangelo, you know, was still was still running the Suns when I was there. So it was a big deal. He had built that up. And, uh, you know, I had friends that had, of course, season tickets in the suites there. It, it was outstanding. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you one of the best things about the Suns, other than they were a good team, they're a good team now. But one of the most fun things about going to the Suns games was the Phoenix Gorilla. That dude, yeah. that dude that dresses in the gorilla outfit that was a gymnast at Arizona State. The Ooh. stuff that he would do out there. I mean, this guy was a legitimate, you know, gymnast. Yeah, I mean, no, no. He, 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 do stuff, yeah. I've he seen could him. do stuff in a gorilla costume. Yeah. Most humans can't do naked. I mean, it was un, <laughs> it was unbelievable the things that he would do. But, and they they uh, they when they first came in, especially when Jerry Colangelo got a hold of it, they did a great job of marketing. They really did to their fan base. And so, yeah, I'm a I was a Suns fan just because it was fun to be there. Yeah, I had to go to see that, uh, you know, the the mascot there, the gorilla. When Did I was you like, see him? Yeah, I saw him. Uh, yeah, we went to the Grand Canyon, me and my family. So I wanted to go to a Suns game while we there were there. Yeah, and so we checked it out just to see him uh, a little bit. So that, that was kind of cool, too. At the time, uh, I think uh, Brandon Wright was, uh, you know, playing for him. So now Yes. Am I wrong, though, Blaine? That dude's pretty impressive for a mascot, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah, he really impressive. He may should be a uh, – you know, trying to be a gymnast there for the Olympic team. That's how impressive he was to be. That's exactly what he was. It was pretty cool. No doubt, no doubt. Now, this is the time for coaches and vacation. But what would you be doing as a coach right now with this time in the National Football League as a coach? Are you still in the film room, still trying to figure it out? Because it's hard for those coaches to let go. At some point in time, they still go in there and sit there for an hour or two and say, hey, let me check out some. I got some on my mind, whether it's be their team, a player, upcoming player, free agent. It's just always roller coastering around back to football. What would you be doing at this time? No, no, no. You know, I would, I would be down in Texas because I normally, I normally, wherever I was coaching, I went back home to Texas and then would either go, either go down to Big Bend National Park or go to the coast, you know, Padre Island. I'd do something to get away okay. uh, always because you've got to get away a little bit. Now, you're never – you're right, Blaine. You're never too far disconnected from it, right. especially yeah. if you're a head coach because, I mean, you just got to stay in touch. And what you, and what you do is you just you, – you don't worry, but you just – you're, you, you just want everybody to come back healthy. I mean, that's what you want. You don't want anything untowards or off schedule to happen to any of your players, you know, uh, during this time. Because once you get back, you know, what you want to do is have everybody as healthy as they can going into training camp. And then, of course, clearly during the season, your main job is to keep everybody healthy to get them to the ball game. But this time of year, you now I will say this, Blaine, and, and you make a good point, is that after the 4th of July, you can kind of feel it moving towards training camp. Uh-huh. I mean, you know that you you're a player. Although you know when you leave camp, it feels like you've got for uh, forever after mini camp. Mm-hmm. You look at the calendar and say, "Wow, I've got so much time to do this, this, and this." After the Fourth of July, all of a sudden it starts moving pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. My ends get revving, and I say I'm gonna go on vacation, and my mind still thinking about football. I'm in it. And they're running on treadmills and running in sand. And oh, I was like, damn, are we on vacation or are you still training? Yeah, I'm still training, but I'm on vacation. <laughs> but, uh, that's, uh, I mean, and, and especially, you know, for, you know, you know, for players, and you know, I mean, you, you have to, you, because you come into trade, you come into off season and you work yourself up to really good physical conditioning and strength wise, because you're never going to gain any strength during the season. 
you're going to maintain what you've built up during the offseason. So building that base, I mean, I'm not, I know I'm talking to somebody that knew how to do it. Building that base for the season is really important. No question about it. Now, do you as a coach, you know, sit back and, you know, you reflect on your, your team and what you've, uh, uh, you know, accumulated over the offseason as players and say, okay, what can we do different? How can we tweak? Do you sit back and say, well, we have the king, so we're always going to run the football. We got a good quarterback, got Tanny time. Maybe I should give, you know, uh, ease up uh, the load on uh, on Henry. Maybe I get him the ball a little differently, maybe in, in space, or do I let, you know, Darrington Evans come in and give him a snap or two just to kind of, you know, pace him a little bit. We're going to be on a nice little run. Do you ever think like that where – you, you may kind of consciously think it, it's still hard to do, but do you think about other ways you can kind of win games besides we're going to run down your throat and we're going to you just submit to our will and our physicality because we all know every game is won differently. Yeah, and, and that all starts as soon as the last season was over with. You know, you start looking because, first of all, your team's going to change. And you've got to look at and you got to look at who you've got coming back and then how all those new pieces have to fit together. The other thing you look at is your opponents, because, you know, when you play your opponents, uh, where you play them, at what point, you know, that makes a difference, too. So you're absolutely look, if you're not, you know, this from playing Blaine and this is for our listeners, the National Football League evolves during the season also. I mean, the, just the things that you do in the first quarter of the season, you're going to have to change and do some things a little differently or approach it differently or at least layer it up and, and make it look different because everybody's got film. And once you get film and get zeroed in on things as a, you know, as a coach and as, as players, you, you know what's going on. And, and so you've got to be able to, to come up with, with a little bit of, uh, of things every week you know, to add on. You never get away from your base. But and a lot of it depends on, as I said, who and when you're playing your opponents. That's really important. That was always important to me. I always looked at the first three games of the season, you know, to, to, to see because you wanted to get started off really well. But at the same time, you looked at those three and then you also looked at what was coming after them and then where your, your division game started falling in. All of that stuff plays into it. But you can never stay static in the National Football League. If you stay static in the National Football League, you know, then you're going to, you're going to be behind because things move really fast, even during the season. Yeah, no doubt about it. We on with coach Mac giving us the Mac attack. And I, I guess one more for me. And that is, uh, man, I'm getting a little nervous coach. And I wonder how you think if you were in this situation, you don't have a proven kicker on your roster. When I say proven, that means in a game, hey, a lot of NFL games, coaches, you know, a one, by three points or less because it's that close. Man, how nervous are you if going into a season if you have like two young up-and-coming kickers? But man, I know I'm going to have to win some games based off this guy's foot. Man, do I want to trust a young kicker or do I want a veteran kicker? How, what is your mindset in, in a situation like that? Well, I mean, punch, I think- You got a punch list? A kid that, better yeah, kick that, that, that's on the punch list, but I think it depends on, you know, who you had available to you and what, I mean, I've, I've had that. I mean, when we went to the Rams, we, we took uh, Johnny Hecker was a undrafted free agent, mm -hmm. you know, rookie punter. And then Greg, the leg was a rookie kicker and we started them both and they both went to the pro bowl. So here's what, here's what you do. Once you get a chance, you put them out there and see what they can do. And here's the other thing, you know, this Blaine, Mickey knows this, 
when your, your kicking situation, you need a stable kicking situation. You mm-hmm. very much do. Right now, the Titans have a very stable kicking situation in their snapper and their punter. They still don't know for sure what they have with the place kicker. But you got the you got the training camp and the preseason to get through it and and look at it and see. And then you know as well as I do too, if things don't work out like that, these these kickers they they live in a different orbit than <laughs> yes, anybody national football league. These place kickers they're like a professional golf circuit. Those guys just like move around <laughs> different courses. I mean, they really do. And so, yeah, I, I was, I mean, I thought, you know, the, the, the kicking aspect of it, we're talking about place kicking here because our punter is, you know, is one of the best in the league. A long snapper is, you know, is, is, a, is a really good one. So, but you, you, you put them out there, you, you make your decision during camp, let, it, let them have a competition during camp. If you like what it is, you go with it. If you don't like what it is, it's always something that you can and because I say anybody that's a kicker by trade in the National Football League, believe me, believe me, they are just like golfers. They're always out there on the practice tee waiting for somebody to call them to, for a job. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're on with Coach Mack giving us the Mack attack. Coach, you were talking about guys using this time to build themselves up because during the season, you're literally just trying to maintain what yes, you built right. up. And I've enjoyed watching all the Derrick Henry torturing himself videos. But you know what it reminded me of as a kid? Now, there was no TikTok or no Twitter or anything like that. But the networks would go and do stories on Walter Payton. And you would see him run in hills and all the things that he did. The way Derrick Henry preps reminds me of a kid of the things I saw about Walter Payton, where nobody was going to work harder than him. No, Walter, 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 and Jerry Rice was the two they used to feature, you know, on the hills. I've I've been right. to Walter's house, seen that hill. No, you know, know exactly where it was to work out. So, but you're right. I mean, now you know they can all post their own pictures. But look, even guys that didn't post their pictures and their videos, they were working out. I right. promise. You. I mean, I promise you, Blaine Bishop was working out. I mean, I, I tell you, uh, let me tell you a real quick story. We went to training camp one year with that great Bears team that I was with. You know, I had the, the, those those uh, Pro Bowl linebackers and Hall of Famers, and you know, Mike Singletary and Otis Wilson, Wilbur Marshall. Well, you know, they they always used to do they always used to do you know big profiles on Singletary's off season, the work he did, and Peyton's off season. And, you know, of course, and Otis Wilson was a great player, but he was also a dude that you know, I mean, he would tell you real quick, nobody works harder than the Big O. Well, you know, they didn't do they didn't do any any features on him but so we had to practice one time in, in uh up there in Platteville and with two days with pads on humidity about 90 percent I mean and we were and Mike Dicker would run his team at the second practice 10 100s every second practice after practice and so after you know guys were just laid out we had a fire hose out hosing the fridge down I mean it was seriously and so we go to the, we go to team meeting and and we we take we take roll that was back in the day we used to take roll and we and Steve Kazar, our special teams coach, was taking roll and he called out Singletary, Singletary. And Singletary was always the first one in the meeting. Well, he wasn't at his, wasn't at his desk, wasn't at his desk. And well, Singletary was back in the dining hall, laying on a table with uh, IVs with coat hangers going through him because he was completely dehydrated. And Otis Wilson sitting in the back of the room goes, she, he walked up to the front of the room, tipped Singletary's chair over and went, big old got a program too. And he's still standing. <laughs> big old. I, I, I love it. 
<laughs> Bears memories with Coach Mack, man. That's some of the best stuff. All right, let me ask you about this. The Titans are going to have a battle for this backup quarterback job. Obviously, Deshaun Kaiser is going to be in the mix there. He's a player that has come out fairly recently. We all know about Logan Woodside because he's been here. We haven't seen much of him in a regular season, Coach, but he's been covered and profiled, and we've all gotten to talk to him. What do you remember about Deshaun Kaiser when you vetted him coming out? An athlete. He's really he's 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 he's, he's really he's really a, he's really a good athlete. He's a good athlete. He's got a he's got a strong arm. You know his 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 what he was asked to do. He wasn't asked to do a whole lot of, of progression reading. You know coming out, but he was an athlete. And and I'm looking forward to just watching it. You know seeing seeing you know the chance he get. And a lot of times quarterbacks. Uh, at that position, they kind of bounce around the league if they don't, you know, immediately stick where they originally are. And sometimes they can find their niche in the right place at the right time. But I, I'm, I'm interested in watching him in this preseason. It's going to be a big preseason for him because he's entering kind of that time of his career where it's either time to, you know, get established, you know, as either a quality backup or a guy that can push for something or going to have to move on. So I'm looking forward to watching him uh, during this training camp. Yeah, a lot at stake for him and a big opportunity for him here. Absolutely. Coach Mack joining Blaine and Mickey here on 104.5 The Zone for his weekly visit. Well, Coach Mack, I only have one more for you, and that is uh, with a lot of guys uh, coming off of injury, uh, you know, which guys are you kind of paying attention to uh, to see, uh, you know, hey, how they doing? And when they get out there in the mix, there's, you know, there's a nice little list there that haven't been practicing yet, and they still may be, you know, practicing uh, every other day or something like that, but – who are you looking forward to, to seeing out there? Well, the, 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 the first two vets, I mean, of course, clearly Taylor Lewan, you know, looking at him and Bud Dupree. I don't know whether those guys will be there from day one, and they really don't probably need to be. They need to be there when they're ready to go, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the, the worst thing, and they won't, they won't. They're too veteran enough. And then Caleb Farley, you know, you, you want to see, see where he is. But the most important thing, and you can speak to this, Blaine, is, is if, if you are coming back off, off of, off of offseason, surgery and you're post-op and you're in your rehab, you want to be sure you are at that point where once you get out there on the field, you can start to do the things that you need to do because the worst thing that you can do is come back too early and then and then have to restart again. Not at the not at the beginning, but have to restart again, you know, maybe to get back up to speed. So I'm looking forward to seeing when those guys get out there. But I'm not I'm not jumping and and all anxious, you know, saying if they're not out there for the first day of training camp that it's right. all woe is me. I want them to be right when they get out there. Take us through a conversation now that you've said that, that you have with players. They're all competitive and they want to be on the football field, especially when you're talking about veterans. It's kind of hard to tame them. You know, it's like having a dog on a chain and you're trying to hold them back from going after somebody, you know, and, and uh, even if it's just to sniff them. Uh, how, how do you have those kind of conversations as competitors to make sure uh, that, you know, that they're fully healthy or, you know, healthy enough where they're not hurting themselves if they get back just on a practice field for training camp. Everybody's biting at the bit and everybody's worried about, hey, man, ain't nobody taking to my position. I'm, I've earned this and I work my butt off to get here and I'm not giving it up. So how, how do those conversations go? Well, that's so true. And I'm glad. I mean, and of course, I've got a story. Coach Mack always has a story. Yeah. If you're going to ask me a question, you know, I drafted Kyle Vane and buys in the second round. You know, he, he blew his ACL his, his rookie year. OK, and so worked hard to get back, you know, worked really, really hard, really, really hard to get back, you know, uh, from, from that, from that ACL. And, and, and he was wanting to go, you know, as soon as, as soon as training camp started. And I sat him down across from me 
you know, and I, and I, you know, just, and he was looking at me. I mean, he didn't have those red contacts at that time. <laughs> those scary still, ones. He could still look at you across the desk like he wanted to choke you, you know, and, and he was just sitting there staring at me and he said, coach, I'm ready to go. And I said, no, you're not. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, it's not time yet. I'm not putting you out there. We're, you know, you're still going to be rehabbing. I'll put you out there through some walkthroughs. And I put, he, he, he just, he stared a hole in me. That <laughs> <laughs> he did. You understand. You understand this is my livelihood. And I said, more than you do. He said, no, you don't. I said, Kyle, <laughs> I'm just telling you. I thought I thought I was going to have to get security in my office. Because <laughs> <laughs> I he, he was looking at you that serious. You got a little nervous. Oh, I mean, he, he never knew that you were nervous, though. I no, guarantee you. He had that look. I mean, he was just looking straight through me like if he could have shot fire out of his eyes, he'd have set the head on fire. And, and I, so I finally had to tell him, I said, Kyle, it's my job to protect you from yourself. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the, when, my, the medical people tell me, and you know, I can see, and he's, they don't know, they don't know my body like I do. And I said, you're a hundred percent right. But I'm going to tell you this, I'm the head coach and I'm telling you, I'm not practicing you right now. And he just, he looked at me, he stared at me. He had to look at me for a straight minute without saying a word, just nodded his head and walked out. I still didn't know if he was going to be waiting outside the door when I came out. There it is. You got to do that. You have to do that. Yeah, there it is. Coach Mack. That's the Mack attack. I love Coach Mack stories. Man, that's the best. We just need to go all stories next week, Coach. So so think up a few. Just think. Let's let's just man. Let's just go all stories until we get back to camp, maybe because the stories are the best. Big O kick and a chair and an IV out from under Mike Singletary and Kyle Vandenbush. Cal Vandenbosch burning down the room with his eyes. This is fantastic stuff. That's why people tune in to hear the Mac attack right here. Well, I mean, we can't plan anything. They're better when they're organic because I yeah. tell you what, they happened. They happened organically. But all I got to have is somebody ask a question. It triggers a lot of stories. <laughs> Coach, thanks, man. It's the best. Uh, we love this time every week. Thank you so much. We'll see you again same time next week. See you, guys. That was a lot of fun. See you, guys. Thank you. No doubt the Mac attack from Coach Mac. Blaine threw out this question earlier to all you Nashville natives. Have you had enough? And some people have answered this on Twitter, including a real answer, real interesting answer from our friend Vols to the Wall. So we keep saying, bring a NASCAR race, bring the World Cup, bring the draft. Some of y'all don't like that. You don't like the noise, the traffic, anything. <laughs> Read you a couple of those responses. And also, you can call in. And if you're a Nashville native and you've just had enough, 615-737-1045, Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, you got Euro semifinals. By the way, Lucas, how's your team doing? How's Italy doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Scoreless at the half. Spain's kind of controlling most of the possession, which I guess you should expect any time you play Spain. But uh, oh, it's going to be a nerve-wracking 45 minutes. A thrilling nil-nil tie for Lucas Panzica's home of Italy, Italia. Yes, uh, nil-nil tie. Uh, you got game one of the NBA Finals tonight, and I forgot all about this. You got this golf match with Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau, and oh my gosh, has Tom Brady talked a bunch of trash. He is killing Aaron Rodgers just daily, anywhere he can. So uh, that's going to be fun tonight to see how that works out. Yeah, it's always interesting here, Tom Brady, uh, without the uh... – the, the, the hovering of Bill Belichick. I, I don't know if you saw him on the shop. If people, you know, and, and I and I try to, you got to really see him be him 
and how much of a competitor he is. And he takes no prisoners. Uh, and so I, I'd encourage people to just listen to Tom Brady on there because this is what makes this guy special. I've been telling guys all about him before about, man, he, he will, he, he says, he says 90% of the things he says to the media is, is not, uh, not true. Uh, when he's sitting there talking to him when he was with Belichick yeah. said he had the freedom to say whatever the heck he wanted. Uh, but he said with Belichick, a good example, that would be, Oh man. Yeah. Their corner's really good. Uh, you know, he's having a good year. He says, meanwhile, in his head, he's saying, and from his film study, I'm going to light that DB up in. He's horrible. And I'm going to get after him. And I'm coming right at him immediately. So that that gives you, and he didn't say it like that, but I'm going to just paraphrase like how he said it. And, and, and that shows you who this guy is. I mean, when he turns that that competitive switch on, he's a he's a different kind of guy. Uh, and yeah. one that you want on your side. And no doubt. Mm-hmm. And you want to have that kind of killer instinct at the quarterback position. Blaine threw out this. Uh, sorry, Blaine. Uh, you threw out this question earlier for all the Nashville natives, because every day we come on here and say, let's build a dome stadium. Let's have right. more stuff. And you were like, wait a second. Let's find out how the people who started here, let's find out how they feel about yeah. it. We got Paul from Nashville and Stu from Nolensville who want to weigh in on that topic. We'll do that before we go. Paul from Nashville up first. Hey, Paul. Yeah. You got me? Yes, yeah, sir. How you doing, Paul? Hey, uh, I was born in 57 here in Nashville. Okay. It's always been a great city. It's a greater city. Mm-hmm. The first Titans game I ever saw, I was a boat captain down in the Virgin Islands on the Super Bowl deal. Oh, and uh, that was the, you know... They were like, hey, your team's playing. I was like, you know, I'd been working hard and whatnot, and it's like dead gum. Uh, But this town has always been a great town, and I love it that people come down here and make it their hometown. I love it. Well, appreciate the phone call. So Paul is just, his arms are, with arms wide open, he is welcoming all comers to Nashville. I love that. Let's uh, let's get Stu from Nolensville real quick to uh, wrap us up. Stu, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. First time, long time. Um, growing up here, man, I remember in high school, we used to drive down to Predators games, park for free at one of those empty church lots, scout mm. tickets for maybe $15 for an upper bowl, and by the end of the second period, we were lower bowl, you know, on a bad night on the glass. So mm. I love the exposure that the Preds and the Titans and everybody's getting here in Nashville. But I do miss having a night at the game for $30. That includes, you know, <laughs> a meal at the end of it. But I'll hang up and listen to you guys. No doubt, man. Uh, like Those you said, Blake. Old days. That was a good old day. Those are long gone now. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Our guy falls to the wall tweeted this. We'll wrap it up with this. He said, Blaine and Mickey, I was born in Nashville, St. Thomas Hospital, 1978. Davidson County resident. My town has changed a lot. Mixed feelings. Like anything, pros and cons, my deal is, Nashville newbies, don't be D-bags. You moved here. Remember, be cool. Downtown Broadway is for visitors. Deal with it. That's what he said. Dad it. <laughs> Dad, oh, it. <laughs> yes so yeah i get it i'm with you i'm right there with you yeah no doubt 
and cousin Justin adds Blade and Mickey can stay. Everyone else, you got to go. <laughs> I love that one. We'll take it too. Hey, man. Big Sports Day. 3HL is part of your Big Sports Day. They're coming up next. If anything happens in the soccer match, Lucas is going to let you know. I'm sure, as will the 3HL crew. Game one tonight of the NBA Finals. Phoenix has never won it. Milwaukee hasn't won it since Kareem and Oscar Robinson at 71 50 years ago. So there's a lot at stake in the finals. And you got this golf match. We'll talk about it all tomorrow on Blaine and Mickey. But uh, right now, time to hand it off to 3HL. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Yeah. And as always, peace.